0: Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hi, it's Charlene, and I'm here with Lori. We are so happy you are with us today. Yeah, today we have a unique episode for you. But before I get into that, I want to read a review that someone left on the podcast. She says, "In the beginning of my stand, God told me to stand. After every disappointment, he continued to say, stand and trust. I didn't know what that meant. He gave me scriptures to stand on, pray in terms that I've never even heard before. He led me to this podcast that not only touched on every scripture that God gave me, but everything he was telling me was mentioned word for word through either the podcast or one of Charlene's teachings or devotionals. I thank God for this ministry." Thank you for being obedient to help standards to continue to do what God has told them to do. Thank you so much for that review. We appreciate when you take time to leave a comment or to even write a review. If you listen through the website, you can comment at the bottom, or when you listen on your favorite podcast app, you can even leave a review right there. It's very helpful to us when you rate and review the podcast. The other thing that's helpful is your financial support of this podcast and the ministry of Rejoice Marriage Ministries. We do our best to constantly offer valuable, biblically-based content, and your support helps us keep that going. You can visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org and find out more about becoming a monthly partner through our family challenge donation or even making a one-time gift. That is so true, Lori. Thank you for sharing about that. Now, getting back to today's episode, this is going to be an episode that you will want to bookmark and share with so many others. Lori is discussing how we can help single people date well so they can marry well and hopefully avoid the issue of any marriage problems,
1: especially separation or divorce.
0: Hey, it's Lori and today I'm in the podcast studio with some very special guests that I'm going to introduce to you later We're going to talk about preparing for marriage Now don't tune this off yet And I know that many of you that are listening to this podcast are married And the majority of you are praying and standing for restoration in your marriage, but you're the perfect audience for this topic Let me explain it a little further Have you gone through something tragic and you wanted to warn others so that they didn't walk through the same journey? I have, and I'm sure if you think about it, you have as well. After our son died, I wanted to warn other pregnant mamas what to look for when your pregnancy is nearing the end. And after our daughter got diagnosed with a rare medical condition, I became an overnight health insurance expert. I started telling everyone I knew how to make sure you're not overpaying for your medical expenses. I wanted to warn my friends. We're all probably paying more at the gas pumps right now, and our friends are going on social media to warn us of places that are higher priced or where we can save some money. That's what I'm talking about. Today, I want us to talk about the warnings and the preparation that we can give those that we care about as they prepare to date and to look for their own spouse. If you have children, the things we discussed today are going to be applicable to you as a parent. If you don't have kids, Mm -hmm. it's still going to apply. You might have nieces and nephews, You might know older teenagers that are in your life or have single adult friends. This is going to be for you. So many people who contact us say, I should have never married this person. They've realized after it's too late that the warning signs that they saw while they were dating were actually magnified in marriage. I want to walk you back to the beginning and give you some tools so that you can be a positive impact for those around you who are looking for a spouse. My husband Scott and I have four living children. Our twins Kyle and Kayla are 22 years old, Ryan is 21 years old, and Ashley is 16. And I've been preparing them for dating and praying for their relationships and their future marriages, if that's what God has for them, for many, many years. I was just telling my mom today that I started reading books about parenting before I even had kids. I always tried to parent from preparedness. And so if you're currently the parent of a toddler, stick with me because you're going to blink and that toddler is going to be starting to date. Because of the age of my kids and because my husband and I have worked with teens for many years, we find ourselves around teens and young adults frequently. Regardless of their upbringing or whatever life issues they're facing, one of the most Frequent questions that they have confusion or interest in is about the topic of dating. So today, I invited my twins, Kyle and Kayla, and my future daughter-in-law, Kyle's fiance, Christine, to join us so we can talk about how to date well so that you can choose a spouse and move into a healthy marriage. So guys, thanks for coming today and agreeing to talk
2: about this. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, thank you. Really excited.
2: Yeah, so excited.
0: So, we all have dating stories that we could talk about. And as a teenager, I've talked about it before how my dating history um, seemed to really revolve around the issues I had with my dad, meaning that I wanted to constantly have a boyfriend when I was in high school. And I think that that reverted back to the fact that my dad was not in the picture. And we could probably get a psychologist that could explain that deeper. But Growing up, that's the way I behaved, and it was not healthy. And so as we were parenting, we wanted something different for our kids. And so we didn't have a hard and fast rule about no dating in high school, but we definitely had a um, tendency to push our kids to say it's not important to date in high school, and that was because we didn't want them to get into the drama that I had as a teenager, so they were allowed to have special friends, as we would call them. So we tried to discourage them from like focusing on having a boyfriend or a girlfriend and really tried to guide them through that. And then as they went off to college and were looking for who to date and um, looking at people of the opposite sex, we tried to just parent them to guide them towards a healthy marriage. Kyle's a youth pastor, and so he... um has experience in this, talking about it from what he sees in his youth group with junior hires and high schoolers. And then we're going to talk about things for college age and young adults that are single. The purpose of dating, the definition would be that the purpose of dating is to find a spouse. And that's what you're doing. It's not just to have fun, it's not just to get to know other people, but the whole goal would be that I date a person to see if they would be marriage material. So let's back it up a little bit. And Kyle, I'm thinking about like the young people that you have interaction with in your youth group and um, the people we know, like we know junior hires and high schoolers that are trying to date right now. So what would you think, as common as that is, why do you think the world sees the purpose of dating as and what are the benefits or the negatives to doing that?
1: Uh, One of the main reasons I think that middle schoolers and high schoolers are so drawn to dating is the attention from the opposite sex that they get to have and the interaction they might not get to have if they're not quote unquote dating somebody um, and secondly like if if you're for example a guy like me and you got a, a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend in high school middle school then you're like the man mm-hmm. you know people always think that you're you're really cool and, and you're popular and and it just comes with a sort of Reputation. Reputation. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. That you have just because you're dating somebody.
0: So it's like the cool thing to do.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely.
0: And okay. So let's take that further. Being um, in the role that you're in, do you see the negatives that happen when a person is trying to date and they're so young, like sixth, seventh, eighth grade? We're talking like 12 to 14 year olds, really.
1: Yeah. A, a lot of times it. Well, it gives them a really, really horrible experience Uh because they're not doing the right thing. But a 12-, 13-, 14-year-old that's dating somebody, most of the time has a bad experience, has a bad time. And then down the road, they accompany that past experience when they didn't know what they were doing with real-life situations that are happening. When they're maybe in their 18-, 19-, 20-year-old and they're actually looking to date somebody for marriage. Um, So they have a bad taste in their mouth from when they were kids dating somebody and and what it was like and the things that they did and didn't do and they don't fully understand. But it, it gives you a, a framework of how to fit your dating in, which isn't at all true because it, it wasn't a real experience. It wasn't a good experience that they may right. have had.
0: No, I think that's exactly true. And I like I said, because I had to have a lot of boyfriends growing up, I could see – where that was an issue in my life. And I think that that seems to be what the world considers normal. Like, hey, we're in junior high or high school. We should have a boyfriend or girlfriend. And it's just not necessary.
3: I feel like most young girls find their identity in like the guy that they're trying to date or it's just a cool thing to do, like you said before. And if all their friends are doing it, they feel like it's the next step. Or if they're not having anything else to do at the moment, they're like, oh, I need a boyfriend to fill that gap that I have in my life.
0: Right. And if you think about it, like we talked about that, um, as followers of Christ and as people who are looking towards having a healthy marriage, if our goal is to find a spouse, it is ridiculous that we have 13 year olds dating because they're obviously not choosing their spouse at age 13 and, They're not looking for a spouse. And so they're really just adding to their, like you referenced, Kyle, their emotional um, turmoil and the baggage that they're carrying on into life doing that.
1: Yeah, it definitely can give you unnecessary burdens that you're going to carry with you for Mm -hmm. the rest of your life that you don't necessarily need to or want to have. Right. Going into a real dating relationship or marriage of any kind, Um, it'll just weigh you down. So, Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I would definitely, um, talking to the parents, I would say that if you have children that are coming up and they're going to be into junior high, or even if you have kids now in high school, don't be afraid to go back and to say, listen, I want to readdress this issue and decide how we, sh- what our rules, what our policies should be, what our you know characteristics should be around dating, around people of the opposite sex. And figure that out before you get in that point. We talk a lot about guardrails here. This is one of those guardrails to put up around your kids. And um, we can't just let the kids decide this on their own. Um, Somebody recently said, you know, my 13-year-old doesn't want to go to church with us, so I don't make them. Well, your 13-year-old probably doesn't want to go to school either, but you still make them get up and go to school every day. So as a parent, figure out, what the boundaries should be around this and then help your child understand the purpose in it. It's not just to take the fun away from them, but it's to protect them from the heartache. Let's talk about when you are of an age to date and you're whatever age that is, when you're starting to date, what are some characteristics that you each of you have looked for in a person you've dated?
2: I think like ultimately like someone who loves Jesus and someone who is living their life following Christ and like I think like a servant's heart is really important for me um, and like serving others
1: someone that they can have open communication with um, someone that they can sit down and talk to and someone that will listen well to them and listen to their concerns and their questions and their heartaches um, and not try and necessarily solve all their problems or minimize their problems but someone who Yeah, we'll listen and communicate well back.
0: Yeah, communication is huge because you're gonna change. Now, Kyle and Christine have been dating for several years. They started dating the end of high school and they've been dating throughout college. Now they're engaged. And the people you are today is not who you're gonna be in 30 years. You're gonna change. You know, there's gonna be different interests in 30 years. And so if your communication starts out rocky, then it's probably going to be rocky for the next 30 years. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. Communication is very important. Kayla, you have not had a real serious relationship until after you got out of college. In college and in high school, you dated a couple of people just getting to know people, but you did not have a serious relationship in college. And so thinking back to that point, what were your standards then? And do you think your standards have changed over time, or
2: do you think they stayed the same? I think, like, one of the things is, like, I had quite a few guy friends in college. I mean, obviously, because me and Kyle went to the same school, and so we'd hang out. Um, But I felt like we were very good on the friend level, but it would never go deeper Mm -hmm. past that. And not to say that they weren't great people, but just we didn't really have, like, communication grows, and as, like, you grow, you your communication with someone gets better and better, but, like, we, I just never felt like we, like, meshed well in that way, and some of them, I was like, mm, how close are they really with Jesus? You, can you really tell? And I think, like, that's something that's really important to me is, do they really have a solid foundation, a solid foundation <laughs> um in, like, their walk with the Lord and, Well, let's
0: talk about that for a minute. Okay. Well, you guys were saying that one of the top criteria for you is that somebody you date would be a follower of Christ. And I want to read to you out of um, the outdated book that Jonathan Picluda wrote. And I know I quoted a lot. I'll talk about it at the end, but it is literally the best book that I've read on this topic. And so I really would love for each of you to have a copy of it. But, um, The question is, can someone who is fully devoted to following Christ date someone who is not a Christian? And he says the answer to that is a definitive no. Not no they shouldn't, but no they can't. They literally can't. Because if you choose to date someone who is not a Christian, then you yourself are not following God's instructions. You might be saved, but you're sinning by going against God's life-giving instruction for you. So instead of having someone fully following Christ dating someone who is not You just have two people who are not following Christ, dating each other. 2 Corinthians 6.14 is the most famous verse that addresses this question. It's the do not be yoked together with unbelievers verse. It's a super practical command as the rest of the verse and the verse that follows spell it out. The problem is that a believer and a non-believer have nothing in common. And that kind of goes to what you were saying, that you realized that maybe some of the guys that you would have been attracted to did not meet that criteria.
2: Yeah. And I think like, I mean, when you're going to marry someone, you guys should be, like your marriage should be working towards the, a foundation in Christ, but you guys should be working, like being able to work together and on mission for God mm-hmm. twice as much than when you were separated.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's true.
2: And you cannot do that with an unbeliever.
0: True. Do you guys know of people that you've, watch their relationships and they're in relationships maybe even with an unbeliever where they are in a dramatic dating relationship meaning it has high highs and low lows and they seem to be addicted to the drama that comes with that relationship and what did you what would you say about that
3: um yeah I feel like I've seen a lot of friends have that type of relationship and I think besides the obvious fact that one's unsafe it falls in a lot of other categories like communication, their communications off. they don't know what each other's like main goal in their life is and that crumbles it down like their relationship will never be as firm as someone who's stable with another believer.
0: What are some red flags that you think would pop up when a person's looking to date somebody? Are there some red flags that you can think of for example, A person who treats you wonderfully while you're dating, but when you go out, you see how they treat like the waitress in a restaurant and it's unkind or um, how they treat their parents or things like that. Like, what are some red flags that you think would be a caution to a person who's dating someone?
1: A couple of the big things. uh, One is being a guy's. I always try to be aware of how I treat my mother and sister, like, especially in front of Christine we were first starting going out. Because if I did treat you guys, I was just gonna be a testament of like, oh this dude's a total jerk to women. His mom who gave birth to him right. and Amen. his twin sister. <laughs> right? How's he gonna treat me? You know? Yeah. Um so definitely being aware of that. Um one of the other big red flags that I, that I always kept an eye out for was if they were a good friend. Um if their their friend circle, if they were tight or close or anything, if they had people in their life they were close to if they treated them well, if they um, kept their secrets, right, didn't humiliate them in front of other people, but just was a good friend to the people around them. Um, Definitely be on the lookout for that as well.
0: Mm -hmm. I think people's character comes out when they are around people that can't do anything for them or can't benefit them at all. And so how do they treat that person, you know? And then believe what you see, Like, if that person is unkind to a waiter or waitress or unkind to their parents, unkind to their siblings, then don't just think, oh, well, it's because they were provoked, but believe that that's the way they're going to be. How will they be if you get married and have children? Will they be unkind to your children? Will they be harsh with them?
1: Yeah, to backtrack a little bit, that is the same way with someone who is not a follower of Christ. Right. If you're trying to decide if someone is a follower of Jesus, a true follower of Jesus, or if they're not. Most of the time, if there's any doubt in your mind, if they are a true follower of Jesus, they're probably not a true follower of Jesus. Right. And the same goes for if there's a doubt in your mind that they're a kind person or a trustworthy person or an honest person. Right. Most of the time, they'll probably lean towards the negative side of that rather than the positive. If you even have to normally think twice about that. So yeah, definitely believe your gut in that aspect.
0: Um, we talk a lot in our family about like being in a community, like having a group of friends, um, whether it's in your small group or a group of friends from school, um, but a group of like-minded people who believe the same way you do or striving for the same things you are, but that have permission to speak into your life. And so um, what would you say the benefits of like dating in a community are like that for a person who um, is trying to date someone? What are the benefits of dating that way? Kayla, the relationship you're in right now, she's in a relationship um, with a man from church that she met through Bible study and she kind of lived this out, um, getting to know him and starting to date. But what are the benefits of like dating within a community?
1: One of the big things that I've realized in that is when you're dating a your community, you have people around you. Christine and I are lucky. A lot of our best friends we hang out with are all old and married and have kids and we are young. By old,
0: he means 40. So don't be offended. Yeah, old 40.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, they give unbiased opinions. Um, whereas they can see things that I necessarily can't see because I don't want to see them or I'm not trying to look for them because I know that it could turn me off to this person so um, being in the community definitely helps with hearing real truth about the person that you're with from other people.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's true. I'm going to bounce off what he said. Having those friends that are older than us can also help prepare you for the other seasons in life that you're going to have and see the different like questions or um, circumstances that you're going to have with your future spouse.
2: Absolutely. That's good. I think, too, um, depending on your community. So, like, for me, my boyfriend was a part of, like, our Bible study before I came into it. And so a lot of people there, like, knew him, knew him very well, like, knew everything about him. So for me, I was able to, like, learn about his character from them, too, and them speaking so highly of him or saying, oh, here's his downfall or things like that. But, like, knowing that I get to, like, witness that for myself. And, like, so it's good to see... Like, people who truly know your significant other and, like, can speak into how they truly are and, like, their character and things like that.
1: And this is super important, even just as, like, a person who wants to follow Jesus, right? Is having a community of people around you who can hold you accountable. Um, and that's a big word that is is a lot of times tied with community. Um, but hold you accountable in your life, in your personal life, and then also in a relationship and make sure that... Um, you're doing the right thing that you're treating your significant other well um but that you're also still putting god first rather than your significant other I've fallen in that trap and and my community has called me out of that where i have foregone my relationship with god for a season because i was so enamored with christine because she was the best ever but and and without my community around me they i might have fallen deeper and deeper into that pit um but they were able to help hold me accountable and pull me out and tell me things that I maybe didn't want to hear, but that have been beneficial in the long term.
0: Let's talk about accountability for a minute, because that's something that people don't like to hear. You're going to be held accountable and people are calling you out. And so oftentimes we don't want to face that. Sometimes it's because we're enjoying our sin or we don't want someone to stop the path that we're going down. Um, But what do you what are some ways if you have a friend that is maybe in a relationship that looks like it could be toxic or unhealthy? um, What would you say to that person to try to help them understand, you know, some things that maybe they're not seeing because they're too close to it?
1: I think the first step is to address that situation with love and care, because. A lot of times someone can be, like I said, so focused on their partner, that they forget um, maybe you who you've been by their side for a long time. Um, You love them. You care about them. But first of all, just remind them that you're telling them this because you love them and you care about them and you care about their future and you care about their spiritual walk. Um, But, you know, honesty is the best policy, right? That's (laughs) a cheesy saying that people say all the time, but um, you don't want someone to, End up in a bad relationship that you may you have a different view because you're on the outside. You don't want someone to end up in a bad, poor relationship because the people around you saw something and they didn't tell you about it, right? You don't want to end up in a in a bad marriage forever because people around you didn't love you enough to tell you something that they saw as a red flag in that person. So, um, be that friend for the people around you because you don't. If you truly love them, you don't want them to end up in a bad relationship.
0: Right. And be willing um if you're that person that someone's trying to invest in, be willing to accept the comments that a person may have and it may be off base. Like they they may see something and think, "Oh, you know, this doesn't look healthy." And they may be completely wrong and you could help them and say, "Listen, I appreciate you bringing that up to my attention, but this is actually what the truth is um but even going into marriage like Kyle and Christine are going to be getting married soon and going into marriage their community will hopefully still well it it will obviously be us as a family like Scott and I as parents are part of that community but saying hey you guys you know what are the guardrails you have set up because how many marriages how many affairs how many things that have happened could have been prevented if people would have done what you said, Kyle, is speak into that and to kind of try to hold a person accountable.
1: I would say to um to trust that the person is coming from it with the right heart. Right. Um, and not automatically get necessarily defensive or feel attacked, but um to believe at least at first and then do your own digging and then figure things out, but but believe and trust that the person who's telling you that coming from a place of love and care. And don't uh, necessarily automatically dismiss that because you might not see it immediately. Right.
0: Going deeper with the dating and community, what does that look like? Like, does it look like, oh, we're never alone. We only date with chaperones. Or does it look like, so what does dating and community look like? Like, how did you, when you started dating this, this man that you didn't know right away, what did it look like when you dated in community? Or what would be some healthy ways
2: that... that-
0: You could date in community so that others can help you see if this is really a person who would be marriage
2: material. I think double dates are a great way. We have a lot of friends that are like married or dating or engaged or whatever. Um, And it's always fun to go out with them too and like kind of hear where they're at and like what's going on in their life. Or um, like recently we just went out with one of our friends who just got married a couple months ago. And so we we're able to like talk with them and kind of see like how life is going so far. Like they tell were open about like what challenges they've had and things like that. But then they've also seen us grow from like when me and my boyfriend started dating to like where we're at now, like months later. So it was it's really cool. It's nice to have like community to walk with in that. Yeah,
0: the devil will use he wants us to be isolated, right? And so When you're dating somebody and there's like a tendency towards isolation, like let's just go out alone constantly. Let's, you know, not hang out with other people. That's kind of a red flag to be on the lookout for because that isolation can be unhealthy.
3: It's definitely important to go by yourself and get to know the person, but it's even more important to invite them into your close circle of friends because if the person that you're with is hesitant to bring you around the people that they're close to. It seems to be like a red flag because you don't know what they're trying to hide or what's gonna what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah, that's true.
1: I also think it's super important to, um, yeah, go out with your close circle with your community, but and then ask for feedback. Ask what they thought about the person. Ask if there's anything that they saw that they were like, oh, that could be weird. That could be. Uh, a difficulty down the road, and just hear what they have to say. Um, if you trust them and you trust their opinion, um, then definitely ask for that feedback. Because a lot of times people wouldn't want to share that necessarily because they don't feel like it's their place. Um, but if you open the door to for honest feedback, um, then that could be super beneficial.
0: Um, something I hear often is that people are saying, "Oh, I'm just following my heart in this relationship. Like I'm with this person because this is what my heart is telling me to do." And it reminds me of the scripture in Proverbs 4, verse 23, that says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And so what would you say to a person who's kind of saying, the reason for staying in a dating relationship is because they're following their heart?
3: Following your heart, even though it sounds like the nice thing to do and like the right thing to do, you have to look at everything else. I think for us, um, we can all agree that our number one thing is if they're pursuing the Lord. And if that's not there, then... I feel like there's a flaw in their way of thinking.
1: I think it's super dangerous to even use that phrase like, I'm following my heart. Right. Um, the Bible says in Jeremiah, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. It says that in Jeremiah. Yeah. Um, just the way God made us, right? He made us uh, in his image, but we are also born with a sin nature, right? That goes all through our body th- from our, our brain to our heart. Right. And our heart desires the things of the world, desires things of the flesh, and it desires things that it wants. Right. But not always what we want is what we need or what's good for us, right. what God wants for us. Um, and our heart can deceive us and it can steer us in different directions. So yeah, the idea of following your heart can be super dangerous if you don't pair it with wisdom and with thoughtful prayer as well.
0: Let's talk for a minute about if you're a parent and you have got a child who is maybe in dating relationships or has started to date or is in college and dating, what are some ways that as a parent they could speak to their child to try to help guide them as they're looking towards a spouse?
3: I think you did a great job with Kyle and I when we first started dating because we got to grow and it was promoted in a way for us to see each other it wasn't like something to be frowned upon Mm -hmm. where I think some people are so against their kids dating so young Mm -hmm. because we started dating when we were like 17 years old Mm -hmm. so you being able to like guide us through that was really great yeah we did a lot of getting
0: to know Christine and Kyle both as individuals but then as a couple in our family with them being around a lot. So if you have a child who's dating, invite them in and invite their um, person that they're with in so you can get to know them and ask your child to allow you to give the guidance that Kyle was talking about earlier, weighing in on that relationship and what they think.
1: I think, too, it's important to show that you do care. I think parents a lot of times can be stuck in this dilemma of not being too pushy and being too pushy. But I think there's a fine line that needs to be walked of where you show interest uh, in your child's life and in their dating life and in their personal life, um, while also letting them figure things out on their own and letting them fail on their own and recover on their own, but I think it's super important to show one that you do care by asking questions and and seeing how they're doing and, and those things. But that starts before they're in a relationship with somebody. Right. It starts in their personal life, in middle school and high school. And how are you doing? And showing that you care so that you have the equity built up when they do start dating somebody and getting in a personal relationship that um, you can ask those questions and talk to them and let them be honest.
3: I think also on top of that, when that goes further on, we're, we have the ability to ask for more questions because we've known how open that you've been. Mm-hmm. If we're ever struggling with something, we feel comfortable coming to you asking for advice or if you've ever gone through something similar, if we can like have a way of guidance as you as a role model in our relationship. Yeah,
0: I think that's so important to build that pathway so that there could be a two-way street because- Like, as a parent, I think you guys have never done this before. Like, you've never looked for a spouse before. And so as we're training you, just as we train you as a toddler and as a child in elementary school and middle school and moving on, it's just something that you kind of want to train your children to make the proper choice because we want to see divorce eradicated, right? That's our goal. That's what um, this podcast is about. That's what Rejoice Marriage Ministries is about is we want to see people that are making healthy decisions in dating so that they can make healthy decisions in choosing a spouse and going forward in life. And then they're raising little disciples of Christ that are doing the same thing, and it just continues on and on. Um, What would you say to a person who is in a relationship right now and they just know that it's probably not a healthy relationship. It's probably there's maybe some red flags. Um maybe they've seen some anger issues in that person. Um what would you say to them as they're in this relationship?
2: I think it's like talking to your community and those people that you trust to about where your concerns are and if you do see red flags and then kind of figuring out how to move forward and whether that is you break up with that person and you know heal and continue to move on or even talking to that person and kind of saying like here's like I'm seeing red flags in xyz areas and see what they you know say to that but ultimately looking at it as it may not be the best relationship to be in at that moment
1: I think it's so important to yeah, like, like my mom said, guard your heart. Um, and when there are red flags and dating and stuff, it is it is almost never worth it to get hurt and to get put with this baggage of having someone with you who um, doesn't necessarily care about you or doesn't treat you well or has a bunch of red flags. So my advice would be to um, step out of that for a season at least and... and see what people around and say, see how they react to that um, and then move on from there with somebody else. Or maybe later if they respond well, then with that same person, but it would definitely be to, to take a step back for a season and see it from the outside looking in.
0: Yeah. I think singleness seems to be a curse in many people's mind. They think they have to have a boyfriend. They have to have a girlfriend. They, they don't want to be single. And so but there's so much um, benefit to a season of singleness. Like when you're married, for example, um, you have a priority to another person, to a family, to maybe kids. And when you're single, your priorities are completely different. And it can just be to the church, to God, to serving. Like I I know that in our church, the people who are serving the most are the people in the young adult group, the single people that are there and they have the time to do it. And so don't look at singleness as a curse, but look at it as something that God can use as he's preparing you for a healthy marriage. I do want to say to you that um, if you have made a mistake in dating, if you have made a mistake um, in in your past and choosing who you're going to date or you've made mistakes in purity, or maybe as a parent, you've made mistakes where you have not, um, guided your kids through the process of dating and how they can choose a spouse. I would say it's never too late that God came to redeem and restore and he can fix the mistakes that we have made. He died on the cross for us. And, um, don't let, the scars of your past be something that prevent you from moving forward into a healthy relationship in the future. Um, I just want to reiterate that to people that may be feeling like well I've made so many bad choices or I've slept with so many people that God can never redeem that he can and today is the day that you can just draw the line in the sand and you can say I want to be different and you can move forward and into a healthy relationship so that you can go into a healthy marriage.
1: Yeah, I would also say to uh, be open with your children about areas in your life that you've messed up and in the past and dating other things and show them that um, it is okay to mess up, but here's some of the ways that I've messed up and my prayer for you would be that you don't walk down the same path I did and you don't make these same mistakes because I already made them and they weren't great and they didn't turn out great for me. Um, but just be honest and educate your child on on what that looks like in your own personal life
0: absolutely i think that's so important to do don't parent from a place of perfection because your kids are not going to buy it (laughs) well you guys thank you for sharing with us today um and being here and i'm glad we got to talk about this it's such an important topic and um i know that you know god will bless this and so i'm glad that you guys were here to share with us
2: Thanks for having us. Thank
0: you. Yeah, thanks. Well, I talked to you um, early on about one of our favorite resources, which is the book Outdated by Jonathan Picluda. And the subtitle is Find Love That Lasts When Dating Has Changed. And like I said, this book I have given out, I don't even know how many copies of this book, to every single person that I know, pretty much. Um, It is a wonderful resource. So if you would like to get that, Read through it, first of all. I read through it as a 40 um, something married woman. I read the book Outdated, and um, it was wonderful and just gave me such insight on how to help guide my kids and how to help other people who I have contact with that are trying to choose a spouse.
2: Outdated is definitely a great book to read. Read with community read by yourself read with your significant other yeah i
0: gave kayla and her boyfriend both got a copy of outdated to read together and um it's it's a great resource we want you to get a copy of it so for our podcast listeners you can use the code date d-a-t-e and um save 15 percent off of that book that is in our bookstore Um, We would love to hear what you thought about this episode, so if you would like to reach out to us, you can go to www.rejoiceministries.org, and we would love to um, just interact with you there and
3: hear what you thought about this episode. Thanks for joining us.